Welcome to the Growth Enablement Madness Podcast, and I'm Jim Ward, your host, CEO of BrainCell, the growth enablement company. I'm absolutely mad about helping businesses grow and scale. And in this podcast, my team and I get a chance to talk shop with industry thought leaders about a variety of growth enablement strategies, stories, and technology trends. I'm happy that you're here, so let's get the growth conversation started. Hi, this is Jim Ward. I'm CEO of BrainCell. We are a growth enablement company, and this podcast is called the Growth Enablement Madness Podcast. We are crazy about helping companies grow and scale. That's our vision. Today, we are taking a little bit of a pivot. Traditionally, I'm talking to authors who speak about business principles, or we talk to technology companies whereby they can help scale businesses in certain ways. But today, we're talking to a licensed professional counselor. And the reason this came to me is that I recognize that along the path in my journey that the other way to scale a business is through understanding yourself, understanding those who you work with. And sometimes there are, I'm going to call it mental health things. I don't know how else to describe it, but in my case, it became somewhat evident that perhaps ADHD is something that has provided me pros and cons along the way. So we have a guest today who's for over 30 years, his name is, by the way, James Ochoa. And he is the LPC, Licensed Professional Counselor. He's got a combined, he combines his counseling and coaching and mentoring and intuition to help adults with ADHD overcome challenges and pursue their passions and live meaningful lives. Most of his clients seek help beyond HDHD organization and time management strategies. As useful as those skills can be, James' key concepts involve working with his clients' imagination, their life history, and inner resources. His insight and action-based style of counseling has helped clients from all walks of life, including executives, of which we really want to focus on today, indie film producers, college students, religious leaders, and beyond. He welcomes individuals, couples, and family members, whether from Austin, Texas, which is where I'm assuming he lives, which we'll get to, (laughs) and points beyond. James is also working on his second book, so he is an author. When the Shiny Wears Off, Navigating the Lifetime Storms of Adult ADHD. that focuses on how to handle the chronic stress of ADHD that never completely stops wreaking havoc. The book will offer ample strategies to help mitigate the impact of this disruption as on relationships, career, and self-care, and mental health. And with that, I want to welcome you, James, to our program, the Growth Enablement Madness Podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Jim. I really appreciate the introduction. And always interesting to hear my history read out in front of me. It's always fun to get that reflected back to me. It's been quite a storied uh, adventure. And I'm super excited about being on this podcast. Business and business entrepreneurs and executives is a very intriguing aspect within the world of ADHD. And I certainly have a Plenty of ideas and things to talk about, so I'm really looking forward to this. Well, first, let's start with it's a happy birthday for you. It's your birthday today, so I don't know if we should sing, but you've put on a shirt, it looks like, probably something you've been given today. (laughs) Yes, yes, my dear wife, Edie, gave me this very appropriate birthday shirt, so I figured I just, I couldn't resist. It it blends into the background. It kind of, yes, I've become the background. You could be an abstract painting. I could be an abstract fan. Being that my wife is an artist, that would make sense. So, you know, I wanted to start off by talking about an epiphany I had. I've never been diagnosed with ADHD. I haven't gone for diagnosis. But what struck me along the way for me, uh, 30 years 
of working on building this business, Brain Cell, I realized that at some point, perhaps I was experiencing elements of ADHD, which worked for me at some point and then didn't work. And what I mean by that is that I would have, and my wife tells me consistently that I never stop thinking and I'm not always present because I'm always thinking, which is uh, something I'm working on through meditation, things of that nature. But I found that I would constantly be bringing in new technologies and everything was interesting to me. And it truly was interesting. It wasn't like it was just a shiny object, but a lot of folks saw them as shiny objects versus Mm -hmm. me. And I saw them as technologies, for example, that will scale a company that are super interesting. But the downward pressure of stress that it creates for the team members that surround you is something that I didn't recognize until later in our COO would tell me that I'm sort of like a quarterback calling plays before the offensive line has gotten to the line of scrimmage. And so, you know, it made me reflect on, gosh, that was interesting because during that period of time, we've gone through significant growth and that really helped, I think, get us there. But as we've matured, I think it creates stresses that actually can slow the business down. That's why this is an important topic to me outside of technology. How does, and I'm going to call it mental health, impact business what are some of the things that are pros? So what are some of the things that are cons? By the way, I find this so interesting. You and I are going to do three episodes. This is our first episode. Yeah. And then we've got two upcoming. And I want all the listeners out there to be looking for this because I do think it's fascinating. We've got an episode, Leaders and ADHD, coming up next and uh, how to manage employees and work with colleagues with ADHD, which I think is going to be very important. I think it's more, there's more people with ADHD than we really realize. Perhaps mm-hmm. you'll tell us about that. So why don't you just start off by telling me, since I've been doing all this talking, what is ADHD? Well, I appreciate the lead in, Jim. ADHD is such a large term in today's world. And the first thing I would note is that a significant number of people believe they have it now. And a lot of that has to do with technology stress and information coming at us so quickly that it's stressing the intentional parts of all of our minds in ways it never has before. So many people are feeling attentional disruptions they never have before. Not everyone has ADHD. In fact, if we look at specifics, there's one research that recently was done that looked at like 4.4% of adults across the world would have ADHD. I typically use a marker of about 3 to 5% because mm-hmm. it's hard to get a hard number on. But the reality is ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, is a genetic issue. It's neurological and it's developmental. So what do all three of those mean? Genetically, it's passed on in families at hair color, height, and weight similarities. And so when thinking about that, that's a very high inheritable rate. Now, mild, moderate, severe degrees are how it's passed on based on how the DNA lines up at birth. So someone in a family may have it very mildly and barely recognize the symptoms, and someone may have a very difficult level of symptoms and have to manage it much more effectively in their life. So when we look at it from that perspective, we immediately start looking at the the space that it's not just a single individual in the family that has ADHD and that we're going to have tendencies and we're going to have that rolling through the family system. Secondly, neurologically, it affects the executive control center of the brain. Focus, concentrate, motivate, plan, prioritize, evaluate. Mm -hmm. Those are your six major factors of the executive center of the brain. It's the orchestra leader in the brain. Okay. Okay. 
we know as humans that develops and finishes its development actually not until you're age 30. It's relatively new. It's about 10 to 20 years old that information has been solidified. But that part of the brain doesn't work as actively as it could. Okay. It's not that it's not, it's not broken. There's not something wrong with it. It's just underactive based on blood flow and oxygen to that part of the brain from what we understand. And therefore, you get a part of the brain that works in fits and starts. Sometimes works really well. Other times doesn't work very well at all. It's very consistently inconsistent. Well, that sets up an enormous number of conundrums, as you can imagine, Jim, in business. People can start imagining and logically determine. It's like, oh, my God, I could see how that would really disrupt the business if that's a challenge. Now, there are beyond neurology or in the neurology, there's also an active working memory center called the hippocampus in the brain, which is bringing one information, holding on to information and bringing it somewhere else when you need it. So it's like going from one room to another and forgetting what you were going to do. There's a literal chemical drop in memory chemistry that people with ADHD also have challenges with. So there's a lot of active working memory challenges along with executive functioning. So those are the two main areas neurologically. The last thing I'll say about the overview on it is that developmentally, it looks different at different ages. Hmm. So I'm 62 today. Happy birthday. Happy to birthday again. Bless. Yes. Yeah. And it looks different for me at 62 than it did when I was 21. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it will look different for me when I'm 80. And there are different developmental aspects in life I need to be aware of. Generally, responsibility, stresses that layer onto themselves cause larger problems over time. And so many adults may not recognize they have it until 20, 30 years old. They might have used their IQ to oversee it. All kinds of dynamics can happen in that space. But essentially, this is a genetic, again, neurological developmental. It's not something we have to debate anymore. And as I said, yeah, 3 to 5% of the population across the world has this neurology. We still only think on the adult spectrum that potentially 20 to 30% actually know they have it. So what's that ever the 70% do, Jim? They have characteristics that are strange, weird, quirks. They have strategies that they absolutely rely on beyond the shadow of a doubt. They learn to manage it with systems around them. But unfortunately, there's a lot of research that shows there's many, many who are highly underperforming and it's a Mm -hmm. tragic kind of space. So brief overview, but a lot of information there based on ADHD. A lot of information. And I certainly hope I'm not underperforming. I don't want to be that (laughs) underperforming asset in the business. Sometimes I think I'm overperforming in some cases, which is driving the stress. And I don't know if that's a characteristic. And again, I haven't been diagnosed. What's the difference between ADHD and ADD then? Well, that is more of a social characteristic now or how people will talk about it, all right? Before 1993, there was a determination between ADD and ADHD. ADD was more of attention deficit disorder that did not have have hyperactivity or impulsivity to it. Focus, concentration, motivation were the main challenges in that space. And then there was ADHD, which included focus, concentration, motivation problems, but also hyperactivity and impulsivity. And so in 1993, they pulled those diagnoses together. It's all ADHD in the diagnostic world with three subtypes. So you have hyperactive, impulsive, inattentive, which is the focus, concentration, motivation issues, and combined type. I personally have a combined type. I have a severe condition of a gym. I also had a close head injury at four. I'm in drug and alcohol recovery for 35 years. There's mm. schizophrenia on my father's side of the family. I have plenty of mental health things to manage. 
But if I don't manage my ADHD issues, it absolutely will manage me. I, see. I really stand on now. So the differences are it's all ADHD. It's three subtypes, but it's easier. And a lot of people will refer to the inattentive type as ADD. And that's just, that's how people talk about it still in the world. But diagnostically, it's all ADHD. So I don't know if this falls within that spectrum or your description, but as myself, for example, I find myself mm-hmm. in meetings forever. I mean, this has been going mm-hmm. on forever where I'm, I'm a multitasker. And right. so I know that our COO, Teresa Conway, will see my eyes shift and she knows she's lost me for a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm inattentive. I would say I've shifted my focus to something. I'm getting bored by something and I have to go shift to go look at something more exciting. And right. perhaps is where the shiny object syndrome comes from for me. So it's always making, you know, I could be looking at three different things, still mm-hmm. hearing, still hearing partially, partially right. what's going on and then trying to manage that multitask. Is that part of it? It is because if you think about the underactive nature and the neurology of the executive function, that's a distraction. So your mind's getting pulled because the strength of being able to hold your focus and concentration isn't what it could be. And so other things grab your attention. You need a new stimulus. And so a shiny thing, a new interest or idea, suddenly a new idea pops out of three things that fit together that you never saw fit a certain way. So you can see within ADHD, yeah, there's a lot of business folks that could have it. It's divergent kind of thinking that could be very helpful. But as you're saying with your COO saying, whoop, I lost Jim for a minute here. One strategy to employ, right? It's Teresa to stop and say, whoop, where are you, Jim? You know, is that an idea we need to pay attention to or we back here? Now, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but one of the things with that is, right, it's hard to do if you're the CEO and you're signing paychecks. It's hard for people to, quote unquote, say, hey, Jim, you're distracted. What's going on here? And they're like, you know, so that's something we have to keep our eyes on. Right. Well, and it makes sense where meditation, I think mm-hmm. mindfulness meditation really helps because I've been investing my time there to be able to drop in and refocus on breath as an example. And I can hang in there now for, I think at this weekend, I was at 15 minutes of meditation. So I thought that was pretty good for me. So what would be some of the things you'd look for to see if somebody, what are the traits that people would see in ADHD? So the traits, because as I said at the very beginning, many people will feel like they have attention issues or ADHD because of stress, technology, or information coming too fast at us. Getting an evaluation that you're looking through checklists, you're looking through life history, where there are patterns that haven't gone away that have been disruptive to yourself or others, they don't have connections to or aren't reasons related to depression or anxiety or mood Mm -hmm. disorders. Those things can come with ADHD, but ADHD is a cyclical issue where you are having patterns that are disruptive to some level throughout your life, and they don't make logical sense, Jim. It's like you rationally know that being distracted or being hyperactive or over-talking someone is not a good thing to do, but you still find yourself doing. So many times adults with ADHD will see that they're underperforming or they're performing differently, and they don't really fit in the box that they always thought they fit in. Now, lack of follow-through, being consistently inconsistent, difficulty with organization, difficulty with keeping track of time and time skew is what I call it, where you're Mm -hmm. always underestimating time. Those are some of the hardwired kind of behavioral characteristics that spin off of it. There's a checklist that's called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Number 5, the DSM-5 checklist for ADHD. There's 18 behaviors on there, which is a lot of behaviors. 
when you're looking at it from a council point of view, but those show up at varying degrees. And when they're often or very often and they don't go away throughout your life or they look different throughout your life, generally people around you notice it, you notice it, something just seems to be off and you can't quite focus your attention as well as you would like to. There's another analogy I will use. It's like eyeglasses for the mind as far as it's like people who don't have eyeglasses, the world's blurry. They just can't bring that focus and concentration into attention. And so a lot of times it's underperforming. It's inconsistency, organization, follow through issues, can't be hyperactive, impulsivity, interrupting people. Does that give you a kind of a good scope? Those are some of the things we see. I'm glad I haven't interrupted during the conversation (laughs) so far, so I'm feeling a little better. Yeah. Your your mindfulness strategies. Well, you know, for me, I may have hyper-focus sometimes, and so with it, I can see things. I put the breadcrumbs together and able to problem solve a little bit better because I'm hyper-focused. I don't know if that has anything to do with ADHD or ADD. I will jump in there for a second because it actually does. Hyper-focus is a pretty significant issue, and hyper-focus Think about attention regulation as being even keeled, mm-hmm. okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being enormously scattered, 0 being very, very tied into what you're doing. You want to live between 3 and 7, mm-hmm. okay? Generally, it's just a good way to live, to stay balanced. Well, people with ADHD many times will be on one end of that spectrum or other. They'll be all over the place or their attention regulation will be zoned in so tightly that someone will interrupt them and they startle because they're irritated, okay? It's like a little bubble that they're in. Now, Oh, that's funny. I think Sarah, who's our producer, is in the background laughing right now. <laughs> well, Jim, you can get enormous amounts of work done in those hyperfocus, but uh, it's an obsession within the mind, though. It can get caught in that kind of uh, loop where you can't get off of it. And so it's important, and mindfulness is one of the exercises you could use, to kind of pop in and out of that, to break it so right. that you're not locked into it. But no, hyper-focus and attention regulation is a major issue on the ADHD spectrum. Interesting. So I think you mentioned about 50%. Is that right? 50% of entrepreneurs may have ADD? There's several studies that indicate that up as many as 50% could have ADHD. Now, what does that mean? It means that those with ADHD may start a business impulsively. They get an idea. They don't really think about it. They just go for it. Okay. Also, people with ADHD have a need to have personalized systems that work for them. I've got to do things in a way that work for me. And so I'm going to go start a business because this fits for the way I see it and want to do it. But that hyperdrive and that shiny object chasing, seeing things other people might not see or putting things together in a way that someone might not have put them together before can be a very creative aspect that can drive a lot of growth in business. But as you were talking about earlier, you have to be careful because it can certainly throw off a lot of chaos and disruption if it's not fairly right. keel. Right, right. So there are pros and there's certainly cons to everything. Mm-hmm. I feel as though looking back that it certainly has helped me get to where we are. And then I've recognized, and again, I this is just a personal story because, again, I've not been diagnosed, but mm-hmm. sometimes I just think that this sounds like me a bit, that it also has created those stresses along the way, and I have to be cognizant of them. So thanks to folks who surround me, that they have been very helpful with that. And I think, in fact, their understanding of what I'm dealing with as an individual helps them, right? Mm-hmm. So they're seeing me show up in the workplace We've talked about the challenges and inefficiency mm-hmm. it can create divergent thinkers, but what do people do who are, um, 
I hate to use the word supporting, but I guess supporting a leader as an example who might be dealing yeah. with ADHD or ADD. How do they work with them? You know, I, I can see that folks around me have done a good job after recognizing it. They probably didn't know what they right. were dealing with. Right. So, because many times, Jim, if you've got the hyperactive impulsive spectrum, which I certainly do as well, and and the hyperactive impulsive spectrum, by the way, just as an individual characteristic or a type of ADHD is only 5% of the diagnosis. This is kind of important. The inattentive type, focus, concentration, motivation, is 10% of the diagnostic pool, and 85% are combined types, as I talked about. So there is a very rare component of hyperactive impulsiveness where someone can get a lot done, they're just running everybody over if they're not careful. Actually, in my book, Focus Forward, I refer to my oldest son, Gabe, in that book, he is a computer engineer, a mechanical engineer. He's an entrepreneur. He's working with a startup in Brooklyn, New York, loves his mm-hmm. job, loves his work. But he's a hyperactive impulsive with a very high mental level IQ. And this guy went to Georgia Tech, brilliant as they get. But he can really has to manage his own life and being careful that that hyperdrive doesn't run people over and how to manage it and titrate it. So mindfulness, exercise, all those things can be helpful. And so the support kind of space around it, if you think about the things that you don't like to do, that's the easiest way to say, I call them BRAM, boring, routine, and monotonous details. Yes. Things that need to get done, but there is very little interest to them. Okay. So I work with strategies with executives all the time on how do they keep themselves engaged in things that are BRAM that they have to do to keep the company running. And so those support systems can be very beneficial, okay? Also, the ability to have support systems that are kind of way stations or checkpoints more often. Okay, where are we? Where are we headed? One of the most critical questions I think support staff can ask entrepreneurs or CEOs is, have you done any new thinking recently that I'm not aware of? Or what are your new thoughts about X, Y, or Z? Because the reality is potentially your mind you say you do it, you feel it. I certainly know I do it. We'll always be thinking. And I have an assistant. I'm a very niche professional. I'm a single practice practitioner, work by myself. And I have an assistant that works with me 15 to 20 hours a week. I still have to check in with him on a daily basis on my thinking and what I'm evolving and what's next, or I just drop details and that's okay. But if I didn't know I had to have that way station. Well, it's interesting. You would say that I don't drop them, but I love them. But when I read Traction, and I've said this in my previous podcast, and we're an entrepreneurial operating system company, and I wonder if this is why I think it infiltrates businesses more than we really think, is that it talks about a visionary and an integrator. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, my God, I fit that visionary perfectly. And the integrator is the person that does the details, works out the obstacles, and exactly what I needed. So with our COO, it was a perfect. Uh, it's just perfect for us. She's removed the obstacles, allows me to do the thinking. I want to do more, of course, and they need to tame me at sometimes, but because I want to go but, a thousand miles an hour. But one of the things you're saying there is a really critical factor in this space of support around these kinds of issues is that you really do have to keep that tied in because that visionary kind of integrator kind of space 
yes, that's exactly what we're talking about here on the attention spectrum that, you know, there is a dynamic or a pattern with entrepreneurs, okay, that after, and I, when I work with entrepreneurs or executives, I say, okay, what's your tracking period for your interest? Do you get bored after three months, six months, 18 months? When do you need to move on? Because there are many businesses where the visionary has gotten it up and moving and now they need to get out of the way, okay? Because it can't scale. You can't get to where you want to go. So the other thought I have there, Jim, wouldn't it be interesting that you had created a business that was to support that kind of mind in a way well, that would to be scale it? Maybe that's I my mean, next that's, business. Well, I think that might be your business. Maybe, if you're yeah. helping people scale, it'd be very right. interesting. I thought I thought about that. It's like, did Jim create the ultimate business to help executives with ADDs kind of Whoa. scale themselves? We'll have to think about that. Yeah. See, well, there's I, my entrepreneurial mind running, Jim. Yeah, you're moving here, and I'm right with you. <laughs> I'm hoping you're going to answer this question. I hope there's an answer to the question. Are there any well-known leaders, business leaders who we know who have admitted to or been diagnosed with ADHD without naming names if they haven't? Yeah, there are many of them that are in public knowledge of that now. Some of the most significant, famous ones on the clinical side with myself is Dr. Ned Hallowell, who's a grandfather to me in the adult ADD world. And he manages it incredibly well, but knows that he has it. You look at other leaders, Charles Schwab had learning differences and actually supported a learning differences program that I was involved in way back in the 90s. And his were more on language-related challenges, but he understood that and really supported the language disabilities fields. Some of the more interesting ones, Terry Bradshaw, quarterback. So if you watch the NFL podcast on Sunday, just keep your eyes on Terry Bradshaw's mannerisms. He's quirky and unusual and He's, fun. And yeah. he was one of the best quarterbacks ever, right? He could spin something into something else. We have Michael Phelps as the Olympic swimmer, is oh, an incredibly okay. well-known ADHD with adult. Simon Biles, who in the last Olympics, it wasn't a lot of press on this, but she couldn't China would not allow her to take her medication while she was there. We didn't really talk about medication. She had a very difficult time. Whether it was that or not, it was never even really research done on for that. But I thought it was very intriguing as a professional in the field. I can't remember the gentleman who started Kinko's copying, but he was an adult with ADHD. And the one I referred to that uh, I heard Dr. Hallowell talk about was John Needham of JetBlue. So he started JetBlue with the idea of the electronic ticket way back when was kind of the new model that they were looking at. And he also had to step away from the company because at about five years, three, five years, they almost imploded with organizational or scheduling issues. Gotcha. It's not Uh, his thing, right? It wouldn't be his thing. So there are many Howie Mandel. There are many people in the entertainment industry that will indicate challenges with that. Jim Carrey, other folks have talked about having attention-related issues in different formats and different spaces. But no, people can be enormously successful, for sure. I'm an expert in the world of ADHD, mostly because 99% of my work, I've sat in front of it for 34 years. Well, you're going to get good at it if you sit in front of it that long. But I have figured out a lot of the conundrums. But no, there's a lot of very strong business people. Richard Branson has learning differences. But if you look at their characteristics, right, they're bold, they're out there. And doesn't mean everyone who's bold and out there has ADD. That's one of the things we have to watch for. This is why evaluations are important. But yeah, there's a lot of folks out in the world. Makes all the sense in the world. And I'm glad you had an answer for that. 
Um, thank you. We're going to be wrapping up here. I want to thank our guest, James Ochoa. LCP has a book coming out of, is it out yet? Focus Forward? Uh, Focus Forward's been out since 2016. Okay. Uh, but you... on the emotional and mental stress, baby. My second yep. book is going to be When the Shiny Wears Off, which is what do you do when these problems that are emotional and mental and stressful don't go away? How do you manage them? How do they affect career? How do they affect relationships? And so that book, I'm anticipating that'll be out sometime in 24, maybe 25, but I'm shooting okay. for 24. I'm, ass- I'm currently working on that. I'm assuming that'll like Focus Forward. It'll be on Amazon. And are you doing an Audible on that as well? Yes, absolutely. An Audible. Okay. And so those are there. You can reach all those at jamesochoa.com, my website. www.jamesochoa. And that is spelled O-C-H-O-A.com, James Ochoa. Yes. And then we also had, I have a podcast called The Complex, which is a radio narrative fiction theater. Okay. So there's a group of actors who act out the ADD world. And then I do podcast about how to handle it. Closing in on 50,000 listens over the last six or seven years. But yeah, I've got some things out there for folks to get to to really understand what's going on. Well, congratulations with that success. I'm looking forward to our next two upcoming episodes, which again, is going to be leaders in ADHD. And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about the pros, cons, and tips and tricks. Mm. And then we have how to manage employees when you're working with colleagues who have ADHD. I think that'll be very, I think in the world of business, we have to focus not just on scaling in traditional sense of lowering costs, increasing efficiencies, but we have to look at the individuals to help because, you know, companies, I know AI is the big thing today and everybody's worried about their job, but it's still going to be the human who is going to be building and thinking about businesses and we need to know how to maximize the human potential. So I want to thank you for joining us again, folks. This is Jim Ward. I'm CEO of BrainCell. We are a growth enablement company and this is Growth Enablement Madness, the podcast. You can find us where podcasts are found. Thank you again, James, for being with us today. Look forward to our next episode. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Growth Enablement Madness podcast. I also want to thank Divinio Podcast for this episode's production and distribution. Finally, thank you to Sam Ward for our musical introduction and outro. Be sure to check out all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. New episodes are available monthly and cover all important topics for growing and scaling your business. Until next time, this is Jim Ward signing off. Let's grow. Let's grow.